Paula, I went on one of the big planes earlier this week. Congratulations. You just Thank flew you. it around, went back to Chicago. Yeah, exactly. The the pilot let me sit on his lap and I <laughs> flew it around. I'll let you do that. Take turns Yay. in the up pass, like take turns sitting up front. Well, that's what you get with a first class ticket. That's why it's so expensive. <laughs> they let you go out and honk the horn. Do yeah, you right. have horns? There's they no have. way. No, there's no way. Because the whole like you birds. Beep, beep. No, I don't think you. I think I don't think you honk for birds. I don't think you honk for other planes too. I think that's why air traffic controllers exist too. Okay, so you're saying no, and I'm saying yes. I'm looking it up. Do airplanes have horns? Yes, airplanes have horns. However, it's not to frighten away birds or alert other aircraft. It is a high-pitched sound that sounds like a handbell used by crew on the ground to get the attention from the mechanical staff. It is for communication, not alerts. Interesting. That's a bummer because I do like a, I do like two planes passing. You go beep beep. Hello. I do like the idea also of like you're on one plane and the other plane's over there and you're out the window being like doing the honk the horn <laughs> symbol like it's a big rig. <laughs> Pull the cord. Um, now, what you just described is the equivalent of an upstairs downstairs situation where the master of the house is ringing a little bell being like, being like, Socrates, could you come in and, and make sure that I have enough tea? Is your butler's name Socrates? It was the first name that came to my head, but yes. Socrates? There's one name associated with butlers, and it is Jeeves. Jenkins. <laughs> Socrates. His father was our butler. His father's father was our butler. Oh, generations. All of them. Socrates is 10. His dad is 20. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, no. That's how delete. it worked in old times. Delete, delete, delete. Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we're here to talk about the earnest and sincere news, topics, and events of the day. I just like the idea of like all these like really young butlers and like you have like 40 generations in your house and they've all been your butler. I do like the idea of a TV show called The Young Butlers. And it's just, and they're each just like so young and you're like there's so many generations of butlers in here but they all know each other because they're all dads well i think that this is like kind of getting a little like sad (laughs) maybe they're all brothers watch out for the young butlers (laughs) they are they run this manna (laughs) paula what's our topic this week and it's not butlers it's butlers (laughs) buttles uh it is pit stop paula i have been watching a lot of formula one recently that is just the thinking man's nascar (laughs) butlers watch nascar the family in the house watches formula one upstairs family watches formula one they're just it's just nascar with littler cars and like it doesn't have the pepsi logo on it right I mean, that is one way to look at it. And it's also that, like, you know, people watch from their yachts in Monaco Bay and things like yeah, that. Is that, where you're, is that where you flew to in the big plane? Yeah, that is where I flew to in the big plane. Formula One, wild. It really is the difference between sports and sport. Yeah. And we may have talked about this on the pod before, but, like, sports is NASCAR and baseball and football. And sport is, like, 
soccer or cycling or Formula One. It seems like a sport is something vaguely European. Yes, totally. Cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Something that it's like, like a USA sport is like sports. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Versus this is BBC sport. Yeah. It's like if if BBC airs it and if the Olympics run it at 2 a.m., that's sport. Or midday. Yeah. If they don't run it at a prime time. I love midday Olympics. I love the Olympics. The Olympics are great. You love it. I mean, as a as an organization, not super great. As a sporting event for me, consuming canoeing, unbelievable. It's such a good chance to see all these things that you've never thought of before and things that you haven't done before and to watch it and go, I could have probably done this if I started like a year ago. Yeah, right, exactly. It's one of those things where it's like I pick a sport every Olympics and like I'm a hardcore this sport fan now, like handball. Yeah. Oh my god, handball. <laughs> I wouldn't recognize handball if it walked in this room and hit me in the face. And that's what happens is they just throw balls real hard at faces. It's like dodgeball mixed with hockey. It's like, it's literally like, oh, someone liked this sport that you did in 10th grade gym so much that they spent an entire, like millions of dollars to set it up as a league in Europe. Um. That does remind me. So I we called it trench, but I think probably other people called it dodgeball. Yeah. Like you throw, but then I think it's probably the same rules. Like if you threw it and then you would have to go to like the like opposite side. What? Like you would have to like, I don't know how to explain this. You had to go to like essentially like jail on the other side. But then if somebody on your team caught a ball, somebody got to come out of jail. Yeah. This is dodgeball that you're oh, out we, and we you try to get rid trench. of everyone. Yeah. We just called it trench. There was this guy in my class who, like, I guess, I guess some might say was a troublemaker. I thought he was so funny. And he just kept screaming that he was, uh, uh, what is it called when you can't die? Immortal? Immortal. He kept just saying that he was immortal. And, like, he was getting pelted with balls. And, like, just, like, the jocks were getting so mad at this just, like, goth guy being, like, I'm immortal. I'm immortal. And he wasn't trying and he would just like sit down and just getting pelted with balls. And it was as if he had found this weird loophole because like nobody knew, like they're like, well, I mean, he can't just say he's immortal. Yeah. <laughs> but people were throwing so many balls at him that they were like, we have, we have to try to get him out. But the more they would throw, he would just slowly walk around saying I'm immortal. And everyone was so mad. And I was crying with laughter. Like the gym teacher would be like, you're not immortal. You're not immortal. And he's like, I'm immortal. And it, <laughs> it, there was so much anger coming out. Like he was not doing it to be funny. Like, well, he was, but like people were getting so revved up about this like dodgeball game. Like these are not the rules. Yeah. You're they were like, like, you, you did not do this. You did not do this. But like, I, he was the only one left at like one point. Like <laughs> it was as if he had found this amazing loophole where everyone's just like, I guess you could say you're immortal. I guess that I guess that's part of the rules. Well, it's 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 uh, the Airbud postulate where it doesn't say that a dog can't play basketball <laughs> in the rules. I mean, this is what disruptors are. You know, everyone's like, I'm disrupting the whatever industry. It's like, no, this person actually disrupted the rules of dodgeball. <laughs> this guy actually disrupted the dodgeball industry. 
And everyone was so mad. And it was, I mean, it's just amazing if you look at it that like this guy says he's immortal. And like, it was an understanding of like, so frustrated. What are we going to do? He's immortal. Yeah. And, and I don't want to make this bigger than it is, but, um, society is built on a social contract and when people do things like this this is how dictators come to power well (laughs) yeah and i i don't know if he was a dictator i was fully on i I don't want to i'm not calling this person a dictator this person sounds like they were bullied and i am 100 on their side but it is it does really in a microcosm tell you that like the rules that we say are rules are 100 made up and just because we've all decided that that's what's a hundred percent a hundred percent it was as if just was like this social contract does not apply to me. Like you have all bought into the rules of dodgeball because that is what the teacher said. But my rules for dodgeball are different. And it, I mean, the chaos it created, like, and he just wouldn't back down. Like the teacher was like, get out. You're not immortal. You're not immortal. And he was like, I'm immortal. And didn't leave and just kept playing, like kept throwing balls. Was in, it was it was one of the best things I've ever seen. It was just like, look at how easily society can crumble. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So civilization ended not with a bang, but with a seven, with a ninth grader saying, "I'm immortal." <laughs> in a high school gym class. It just really makes you think. Like all these things that we've been told, like all you have to say is like, "No," and and no one will know what to do. Yeah, I mean, there are some consequences in some cases, but in a lot of cases, there's not. It's just like people are like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, especially something like this where it's like it's not a crime. Like he wasn't like hurting anyone. But I mean, it it truly caused chaos. That's wild. And the more he said he was immortal, the more like people were throwing balls at him. But the more he was getting hit with balls, the more he was like, that doesn't count. Mm -hmm. Can't get out. Yeah. I don't ascribe to your petty rules of this game. Yeah. They, that the man has put on me. That's wild. I to have that confidence. An incredible amount of confidence. Yeah. Speaking of incredible amounts of confidence, these Formula One drivers, Paula, are just petulant man children. And it's this thing where like they'll be like so they're on the radio the entire time and almost every driver, I don't want to get into this too much, but like every driver has essentially like a handler who is okay. who is helping them through the race. They're, like they're all hot, right? They're all, oh, they're everybody all in Formula One's like, hot. It, one or two of them are like weedy kind of like spindly boys, but they're all oh, yeah. like hot and make a lot of money and, and yeah, are like you- little sociopaths. If you Google Formula One drivers, that is a, that is treat. Your options are Formula One drivers, Red Bull, Formula One drivers, Mercedes, Formula One drivers, 1970s, and Formula One drivers, handsome. Yeah. So they're on this radio with their team the whole time. You know, they'll want them to come in to do a pit stop, right? And do, they'll be like, they always repeat the thing where they're like, they'll be like, all right, Max, box, 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 box. (laughs) You're like, okay. And it's like pit stop yeah go to the pit stop or whatever but what will happen right before that or if they ask them to come in and they don't want to do it they'll be like like you're freaking up my ass like what are you doing here whatever they'll be like i can't fucking drive this car it's vibrating so much that i can't feel my fucking that my like my asshole is opening and they're like well if it's a safety concern you can come in max and they'll be like no it's fine i'll be i'll be okay it's just like 
What? And you can hear them talk? Oh yeah, it's all public. And so like they're just like swearing and me and like just talking about how shitty the car is. The whole time they're just talking about how shitty the car is. And the on the other end, all the people maintaining the car are like, All right, well, is it a safety concern? Like, are you are you actually gonna die? They're and they're like in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, No, I'm okay. No. Um, <laughs> do they ever talk about something that's like off? Like, you know, like not, not part of this. Like, are they ever driving? And they're like, wait, what did you end up doing last night, buddy? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't heard that before, but I do like that idea of being like, how'd that date go? Yeah. As they're like on a. Wait, like, I make- was thinking about you. Did you end up taking her to Margaritaville? <laughs> I mean, the restaurant. It's not a euphemism. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I do like that idea that like. They're just catching up. You know, they've got one race a week. They really haven't talked before that point. They happen to be dis- more distant that week. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I never asked. How's your mom doing? Yeah, right. It's like, I do like that. I do like getting to see the drama, like kind of the petty drama going on. I do enjoy that. Yeah, totally. Not enough well, to watch the sport, but I, I like that it's happening. Well, then let me introduce you to Formula One Drive to Survive, the behind the scenes show that Netflix produces. What? Oh, yeah, this is how I got into this. I really haven't watched as many races as I have watched three seasons of Formula One Drive to Survive, where you learn about all of the intrigue and the drama and the pettiness behind the scenes throughout the entire season. Okay, I I mean, I'm saying I'll check it out. I'll add it to my list. Sure. Show me the list. Show me the list. Add it. <laughs> um, Formula One, though, is it is similar to NASCAR. Mm. Similar. It's similar. it's similar in that it's cars, they drive fast, they're sponsored by places. Yeah, I would say probably, that... Probably same is what I would say. It's, it's similar in concept that it's racing cars. It's different yeah. in the case that the people who are watching and paying for it um, feel socioeconomically very different. Yeah, but the sport itself, you could just swap them out. It's just like Formula One cars smaller. There's more Logos turning in Formula One. Logo NASCAR bigger. There's more curves in Formula One. Yeah, I mean that's pretty that's pretty similar though. I mean NASCAR's literally a circle. Yeah. And Formula One is a line? <laughs> no, it's uh it's like a curvy wiggly circuit. So pretty same. Pretty pretty same. There's two drivers per team. And they don't like each other. This is okay. the drama of Paul. You would love this. Like literally Red Bull has two drivers and Red Bull wants both of them to do well. And the two of them, because they have the exact same car, just want to destroy the other one. Cause it's the only way to compare yourself to someone else. I think I would like it more if formula one could hit other people bumper car style. Mm, got it. Yeah. Hit them up. Okay. Here's a repitch. Here's the repitch. Formula one. You're too similar to NASCAR. NASCAR. That's all we need in America. We don't need formula one. <laughs> we'll accept formula one. If it goes full Mario Kart style. Oh, with red shells and blue shells and everything. Mm-hmm. And we can make it European. Like we can make like, oh, I just got hit by like a sh- like a, a giant French flag or something. Mm, Toblerone. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and oh yeah, it could be sponsored. Oh, it's raining Toblerones on me. <laughs> you know, you drive by slowly, you shake up a Red Bull from the Red Bull car. Your weapon has to be related to your sponsor. So you shake oh. up a Red Bull really hard and you fizz it in somebody's face. 
Yeah, and the Aston Martin team gets all of the James Bond weapons. Oh, this is so good. Now, the cars would have to be protected because I don't want to see violence. So they would have to be, like, fully rubber. Uh-huh. So that way they can roll and everybody will be okay. Now, I do like the idea of professional bumper cars. I don't know what the rules would be, but I do like that as a sport. Have I told you my goal when the world opens? Chicago has a very robust pinball league. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I, my friend Heather and I, are joining the Women's Pinball League. And I just want to get ranked. I want to be a nationally ranked pinball player. I'm already pretty good. I don't want to brag. I want to be nationally ranked, but I don't want to be so high that I have to compete. But what an amazing thing, like at a dinner party. And it's like, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm actually ranked 685th best women's pinball player in the United States. Great. That's pretty and good. Can- and maybe they'll make a show about you. The Queen's Flipper. Ooh. <laughs> and they're like they're like the other people are very good and then i'm just like i guess decent at a bar <laughs> yeah. paula there's so many barbecue spots called the pit stop mm-hmm. barbecue is one of those things that really sparks an incredibly strong opinion in just everyday people yeah like i know my mom's from kansas city and she loves barbecue, but at the end of the day, if you come for her Kansas City barbecue, she will end you. Like, it's better than any other barbecue, but then people from Texas feel otherwise, and people from North Carolina are like, okay, this is Carolina style. But ours is a little mustardy. Yes, exactly. Or vinegary? It depends on which part of Carolina, but vinegary, Okay, yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not learning all those. Yeah, like East East Carolina has its own style. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Not in this house. Well, that's the next hour is we'll be reading through the Wikipedia <laughs> article on barbecue sauces. <laughs> but so this exists for a couple other foods, like pizza very much. Mm-hmm. This is a thing. Mm-hmm. Is there people another? Very defensive. Yeah, people get very defensive. People get really up in arms, especially about Chicago style pizza. We're in Chicago. Like people get really defensive of it or really anti Chicago yeah. style. And really the answer is it's good for what it does. Well, Chicago pizza is a casserole. Agreed. Like it's, it's also, it's, I'll defend it a million years. It is a casserole. Yeah. It's the only pizza to me where the unit where they you describe how many of it you're having, the unit of pie makes sense. Yeah. Cause yeah. like in New York, they'll be like, I'll have three. We we've got like what, like 10 people, we should get three large pies. And I'm like, that's not no. Don't say if, pie, it's pizzas. Yeah, it's pizzas. Pizzas is the unit. If you don't want to use pizza, it should be flatbreads. Yeah. Discs. There you go. Discs. How many circulars should we get? Yeah. <laughs> not not circles, um, but circulars. <laughs> But then in Chicago, it would probably be with a thick Southern accent because no one in Chicago is ordering a deep dish pizza. Oh, no. Deep dish is for tourists. Yeah. Yeah. Or be- or or really sad days where you want a stomachache for 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be it would be definitely with a with an out of town Midwestern accent and you'd be ordering it to the Hilton Hotel downtown. Yeah. And you're like, this Giordano sounds good. I heard I saw about this on Drew Barrymore show. Yeah. Um. Well, what other things? What other regional things could we could we get mad about? What what thing would yeah. you like to get mad about regionally? I God, think coffee is a good contender. 
coffee's a good contender, but I think also like coffee gets so global. Like it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, this was made in Colombia. This was made in Guatemala. Like, you know, it, it doesn't Seattle's best. The beans aren't even grown there, honey. Yeah. What if it was like haircuts? Ooh. <laughs> you know, where you're like, like, oh yeah, the only way to have a freaking Boston haircut is if you have the buzz, baby. <laughs> like everyone yeah. has a buzz cut. <laughs> everyone in Boston. Yes, yes, yes. I really like that. Or um outerwear. You know, like maybe it's like Seattle raincoat, Boston capes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> like I like the idea of like something that's like visibly like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this is a jacket, but it's not a Boston jacket. Yeah. Boston jackets are made of velvet and are fine. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's like chowder or whatever. It's like, don't even put like like we're a different seafaring coastal city. <laughs> we're not like that other one. <laughs> I think that's my the funniest thing also is that and I'm from Boston. That's like Boston. But New York and Boston get so mad at each other, but like we're pretty much the same. New York bigger. New York big more New York definitely bigger. That's the that's the root of the rivalry is that Boston's like, hey, we're not big. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. as cultures go, pretty similar. It's not like Boston is like trying to pick a fight with Mobile, Alabama. Oh, and I wish they would. I know. I think that uh Boston has more ghost tours to to citizen ratio than New York. Yes, I would agree with that too. You know, that feels like a big thing in Boston. At least my mm-hmm. Boston. Chowder and ghost tours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you that I once took a ghost tour in Boston, and it was the guy giving the ghost. So maybe stop me if I've told this. You get on the bus. We went with work. There's two buses of ghost tour people, right? Mm-hmm. One was, and they're dressed, the hosts, the tour guides are dressed like ghosts. Okay. I should say. Now, one of the ghost tours this ghostly man was one of the most handsome men I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like very like uh, probably like would fight someone in a Home Depot parking lot in Boston kind of vibe, but like so handsome. Uh huh. And then the other one was this terrifying woman who was carrying around a headless doll. It was talking like this. Like it was so scary. And so I like immediately I'm like time to get on the hot guys bus. <laughs> nope. I got redirected and I had to be on this goddamn bus with this terrifying woman who would just walk around shaking her headless doll in your face. Meanwhile, whenever we'd get off the bus, I'd see this hunk leading his fun little tour around acting normal. This woman Get back on the bus. She's hiding in the seats. She's jumping out. I did end up getting on the quote unquote the wrong bus at some point. Mm, mm. Well, but it it sounds like that guy was skating by with the kind of hot guy energy where you don't actually have to do your job. Yeah. It sounds like this woman was doing her job well and the other guy was hot. Uh, yeah. Who do you think that, that was? Capitalist <laughs> America. <laughs> She was doing her job too well. It's like, we're already talking ghosts. Like, you don't, you also don't have to be scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I do think that with these, like, regional food or outerwear or whatever we're doing, it is also funny to me that, like, certain states get really up in arms. Like, the barbecue debate, for example, very much like, you know, Kansas City, Carolina, Texas, different parts of Texas or whatever. But, like, Montana or Alaska is like, I don't know, it's barbecue. <laughs> 
they'll they'll take someone else like you know you're like you'll go like in minnesota it'll be like oh and this is a like we have a kansas city barbecue place here and it's like well no you don't you know like other states will borrow from other places yeah totally it's like no you have a minnesota barbecue place that that's just that is set for a minnesota palette in the same way that like mcdonald's in different countries has different like regional specials what would chicago barbecue be Chicago barbecue is actually kind of a thing, like a mini kind of thing, Chicago style barbecue, because it's very like, I mean, we've more directed ourselves. And I say we because, you know, proud Chicago. because you own a small barbecue joint. Yes, I do. It's called um, the Windy Shitty is the only thing that's coming. <laughs> I took a outhouse and turned it into a smoker. <laughs> well but that's a thing that's the thing though just decide like the grosser it is the more you want to go to the barbecue place like yeah. the dirtier it is yeah that's true a barbecue place is the only place that like if you walk in and it's too clean you're like this isn't gonna be good yeah right i mean literally if you took an outhouse and turned it into a smoker you would be like hmm i think i would eat there i bet it's gonna be good i bet they sanitized like, it yeah and they probably didn't <laughs> like like truly a barbecue place can get away with anything and you'd be like yeah but it's supposed to be awesome some yeah. guy some guy the it's made on some guy's hubcap yeah totally and like people you know, line up like, at 4 a.m for it absolutely they're like this is the best in the world but if you go in there and it's like there's like like formal servers and you sit down and there's music playing and it's clean and it smells like cleaning products you're like this barbecue is gonna suck yeah no i only want barbecue that like if you don't get there early, when it's gone, it's gone is a phrase that's described for their best sellers. Yes. You know what Chicago has is hot dogs. And we're always like, it's a Chicago style hot dog. Get in the Nissan. Time to get your hot dog. And it's like no one else is competing for the hot dog title. Oh, no, no one is. There's no other cities that's like, and this is our dog. Like, we're like, it's Chicago. And everyone's like, you don't have to keep saying that. Like... (laughs) Yeah, well, but to be fair, we're keeping the competition from ever having a chance at competing with us. That's true. Uh, okay, so there's two types. Um, of Chicago barbecue? This is an f- interview with a food historian who said that the barbecue restaurants in Chicago can be traced back to the 1930s, and current-day Chicago barbecue style is a combination of African-Americans who came here uh, you know, came north from the Mississippi Delta and then also Eastern Europeans who came to Chicago with like sausages and boiled meats. This says, combine these two styles and you have the city's signature barbecue items of today. Boiled and smoked ribs covered in sauce as well as the classic rib tip combo served with sausage, sauce, French fries, and white bread. This sounds pretty good. From the type of meat used to the styles of smoker, wood, and sauce, Chicago is a divided barbecue town. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I do think that we've really, like, put ourselves more into the... I I do think you're right, though, that Chicago, like, threw its meat hat in the ring for, like, hot dogs and Italian beef. Like, shaved beef is more like... Put the beef in the bun! (laughs) It's been waiting for you. <laughs> we keep inventing things and that is just, just meat in a bun. Yeah. <laughs> I got another invention. <laughs> That's Mr. Chicago. 
Howard F. Chicago. Howard F. Chicago comes out every year and he goes, guess what I made? <laughs> You're like, is it meat in a bun? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Chicago style meat witch. We're like, no one else is asking. <laughs> <laughs> this time the juices are inside the bun. <laughs> I don't know why it's an old Chicago. <laughs> We're both like just doing New York accents for this very Chicago man. He came. He came here when he was young, but he never lost the. He never lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Put the meat in the bun and eat it with your mouth. Maybe there's mustard. Welcome to Chicago. That's, <laughs> that's the city's theme song. <laughs> that was. That's how Lori Lightfoot won. She played that at all her rallies. She was like, mm-hmm. rev up the great Chicago spirit. <laughs> Theme song. What is it called? Anthem. Anthem. So, Paula, I, I'm just really impressed that we've gone this long without um, acknowledging. You, you, the, rest- the restraint that you've shown this far, we're about 30 minutes into our recording. I don't know where it'll be once we're editing. but um, Somehow we- three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when... We started talking about this topic. You did mention that pit stop was a drag race term. And I just want to acknowledge and commend you for your restraint on not just like jumping in immediately to talk about it. I know how much you love RuPaul's Drag Race and all of its spinoff shows. So I was thinking maybe I could set a timer here. And uh, if you could... I've never, I, I've seen like maybe two episodes of the show. It's very good, but um, I don't know this term. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds, eh, you know what, 60 seconds. I get 60 just, seconds? You get 60 seconds to explain what this is, why it's important, and maybe some famous examples of them, if that makes sense. Yes. All right. I'm just going to talk about everything that comes into my mind, though. Okay, ready? Because three, pit stops after two, show. one. Okay, well, gentlemen, start your engines and may the best woman win. Are you bringing your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent? Because that's what it's going to take to win RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, here's the thing. Everybody with Drag Race is like, who's going to win? But ultimately, the winner doesn't matter. Sure, they get $100,000 in a lifetime display of Anastasia beauty products. But what what really matters is if you don't win, then you're getting into All-Stars. Now, All-Stars is absolutely the best seasons because it's the best of the best queens. They are bringing their A-game. They now have money so they can put it into these wild costumes. They're also like getting all over the world. And I just think it's really wild and and awesome how much talent we've got. Now, if you have not seen Drag Race, I recommend starting with season five because that is your iconic Drag Race. You have my number one favorite queen of all time, Alyssa Edwards. You got Jinx Monsoon. You got Alaska. You got Detox. You got greats once on that season. Then I would move ahead. I would do five, six, seven. Then I would go back to four. Then I would go to eight, nine. That's a minute. God dang it. That was actually incredibly helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Pit Stop's the after show? <laughs> Pit Stop's the after show, yeah. Okay, got it. Pit Stop. And I think Trixie's the host right now. Um, yeah, it is the... it Pit Stop's like the, the post show. Trixie Mattel is currently the host. Trixie Mattel is one of the most famous queens, also one of my favorites. She's just very funny and and uh, very talented. Now, I know my minute is up, but can I tell you that now that we are, you know, vaccinated in the arm, mm-hmm. antibodies flowing through your body, 
we are now starting to go places, right? Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, we're starting to see people. And all that I have watched for the past year and a half is Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I've watched. And it has absolutely messed up my brain in terms of getting ready to go out in ways that I've never expected. Because it's like, there's no natural makeup look on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like going to see a friend for a walk now, I'm like, oh, just a simple look. Gluing down my eyebrows, drawing on full contour, like <laughs> overlining the lips, hot pink eyes, full glitter. I'm like, this is this is what makeup looks like. I just need a form-fitting dress, a form-fitting all-sparkle dress, and I need to put on my two wigs and it's time to go. <laughs> I no longer have a, I no longer have knowledge in my head of like what natural, a natural look is. I think that's going to do it for us. I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you for tuning in for another week and listening to us for another episode we so appreciate it we're gonna do our signature segment earnest moment of the week i have an earnest moment that i just wanted to share from my life which is that um the reason i was on a plane is because i got to see my family for the first time in like over a year um i got to see my my parents at one point during the pandemic safely and then but i really haven't seen my brother since before all of this and months before all of this and we are the four of us haven't been in the same place for longer than like 36 hours in over two years and so it's just it's just been really lovely to be able to hug my family and also as we're getting vaccinated and able to go out with friends being able to like just hug friends see friends also not assuming that they want to hug but my friend group is very huggy so it's just nice to just you know feel a bit of like connection and and be able to see loved ones yeah and so that's my earnest moment and i hope everyone else is having a moment to what at whatever level of safety you feel comfortable with being able to reconnect with the people in their lives starting starting now-ish yeah very sweet that's a good one josh thank you thank you there's no jokes in this one it's just feelings no jokes and josh's family's the best so i also say hello yeah they all the whole time they've just been asking why didn't you bring paula they're like do you know how much easier it would have been to record if paula was here yes exactly (laughs) i'm just making you zoom me in everywhere yeah exactly i've got a little it's like a gopro where you can see (laughs) what i'm seeing but then also like there's a little uh like there's a little robot that i'm remote controlling that yeah oh no i want to be on one of those um one of the ipads on the stand that zips around yeah exactly you went on our hike with us It did get stuck. (laughs) If you want to connect with us on social media, it's at being earnest pod pretty much everywhere or being earnest pod at gmail.com. Also our conversation card game. No wrong answers. We haven't mentioned it yet. This episode. That's amazing for us. I know. I know it's still available. No wrong answers game.com, but you can also get it at four sided Chicago at any of their locations. And starting in this next couple of weeks, we don't know the exact start date, but we will be at the wonder museum in Chicago. So psyched about this. Yes. We will be at the wonder museum in Chicago, which is an awesome museum. We have a little artist statement by the product. Go see mm-hmm. what Doc does. Great job. I guess we can announce this awesome partnership that we have. I, uh, with a restaurant that we love, love, love in Chicago. The restaurant is called Kite String. Uh, Kite String Cantina. 
Uh, it is located in like Roscoe Village area. Let me. Yeah, it's on Addison. On Addison. Um, it is it is an awesome restaurant. Um, like 1851 West Addison. It is amazing food, wonderful drinks, awesome vibes, so fun, a little patio. And they do this food box every week that has been, when I say getting me through the pandemic, it has been getting me through the pandemic. Um, they do it every week. It is phenomenal. You get like a main dish, um, that they pretty much prepare for you. Like you might have to do a little bit. Um, like, uh, this week is like, like guava pork belly, like amazing, amazing, amazing food. Um, all of it is like local from local places, from local farms, from small businesses. Uh, and then in addition to that, you also get like a ton of produce to get you through the week. They have, I've gotten like cheese, milk, eggs, butter. Um, they've done ice cream partnerships. Like it is so good. It is so absolutely worth it. Like I have been doing it, I think since week two of the pandemic and I do it every week. Um, and we're partnering with them. So on May 26th, the day before my birthday. So this is my birthday gift from all of you to me. Uh, we will be doing a conversation and dinner box with them. So if you purchase the kite string food box, uh, you will get a few no wrong answers cards in there, which we are uh, super excited about. And I think the best way for you to get it, if you just follow them online, uh, it's just at kite underscore string underscore cantina. Um, there's a link in there and, and you'll be able to get in the, the kite food club. It's not a subscription thing, um, which I also really love. You just buy it week by week. So like, it's super easy because if you're out of town, you can be like, okay, well, I'm not getting it next week, but I am going to get it the week after. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah. We're so excited to be working with them. Um, we're doing this little pilot thing where, with the dinners and conversations and it's right for the Memorial day weekend. So, you know, if you're getting together with people again, cause it's safe to, and you're like, oh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We've got a couple of ripcord questions that you can jump into. That'll start your conversation. Or if you love no wrong answers, and you just want to support kite string or you think someone would love it and uh, is doing or you're going to a barbecue and you think they'd love the game, direct them to kite string cantina. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to brag, but Josh and I did get a custom stamp we'll be using. On yes, all the we little, do have a stamp. All the little bags. So you will be getting a first look at it. Yes. I've been doing a lot of research into grease proof packaging. So Josh is on it. Thank you, as always, to Ryan Cruz for our beautiful logo. She's on Instagram at RBCruiser. And thank you to Dylan Dutch for our beautiful theme song. He is on Twitter at Dylan Dutch and is on everywhere you can stream music as his music project, Death Love. And until next week, just remember, I'm immortal. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Why not be? Beat-